there you are. Enjoy this cup of blood. I mean, wine with me. <laughs> And yeah, somewhere there's a bonfire on this beach. Right now, this July, we've got vamps, we've got subterranean beach creatures, potent beach fog, and werewolf gatherings by Moonlit Cove. And yeah, more bonfires. Carrie, the bonfires is the important part, okay? It signifies bloodlust. It signifies, um, well, it signifies a fire of bones. Bonfires are used to burn unpleasant things. But we're siding with those that use it for pleasure this month. And yeah, there's plenty of carnal and carnivorous indulgences by the fire. Welcome to Dying for Midnight's very first ever Ode to Summer Beach Season. With a full-on drenching of SPF mixed with type O. Or at least the neon blue and yellow kind of lotion that people used to put on their nose and under their eyes back in 1987. Carrie, what kind of SPF uh, were you using? Or were, were you one of those... Tan Jans using tanning oil out the gate, like at five years old. Oh, yeah. SPF eight and eventually SPF four. So you're one of those um, banana boat kids walking around with a strong hint of coconut smell. Oh, oh yeah. I, I There was one summer I was so tan. Okay. Well, listen, Carrie, before we go on an entire episode spiel of SPF lotion brands and my burning and dehydration mishaps as a child. Yes, this is it. It's here. You've waited for it. Uh, okay, maybe not, but it's here anyways. That's right, DFM fam. It is the first ever Beach Party, Bonfires, and Blood Month, and we are at episode 21. Look out for vampires on dirt pikes with platinum blonde mullets that float gracefully through the fog down below train bridges. Tune your ears and bat sonar detection systems to a movie that was tailor-made for the MTV generation. And just anyone who loves a dose of rock and roll comedy and, yes, beach horror. Don't get lost in the shadows. We all still believe, and that's right, truth, justice, and the American way. Carrie, what else? What are we watching? The Lost Boys! I still believe. This is a legendary, legendary, Carrie, family-friendly favorite that we've consumed many a time, as I'm sure everybody that's listening, you all have too. Okay? Guys, last episode, bonus episode 20.5, was a bonus interview. Bonus, bonus, bonus with Kim from Kim's Crypt Haunted Mill. And the last movie review, it's been a minute, Carrie, where in episode 20, we talked about Alfred Hitchcock, Jimmy Stewart, Grace Kelly, and more in Rear Window. Okay, we have with us two special guests. We've got none other than our nine-year-olds who are trying our patience over there. Zombie Toots, what's up? Hey, y'all. Hey, ghostly puppers, what's going on over there? Seems like you're putting up a lot over there in that seat. Good. 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 How good are you doing, ghostly puppers? Pretty good. Pretty good. Zombie Toots, you're just staring at me. You ready to talk about The Lost Boys? Yeah, y'all. <laughs> you, hey. you, you love this movie. You both do, don't you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so... I'm going to ask you guys a couple of simple questions about Lost Boys, and then you can be on your merry way to go back to those tablets. Okay, Ghostly Puppers, where were you when you first watched The Lost Boys? Um, what do you mean by that? Come on, where were you? What, what were you doing? Who were you with whenever you first watched The Lost Boys? you remember how old you were? Give us the lowdown about the first time you saw this movie. I'm going to guess maybe four or five. Yes. And I'm going to guess I was with my family watching this. Oh, yeah. Oh, you mean yeah. us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And what was your first thoughts whenever you watched this movie? Like when the movie was over even, what were you thinking? You like it, love it, just okay? I probably loved it. I, I still love it to, to this day. It's a great movie for families. Um, probably was a little scared too because I was only like a four-year-old when I watched this. So, so it's been a, it's been a minute since you've watched the Ghostly Puppers. We had to do a crash course 
uh zombie toots we watched what we rewatched the trailer and we rewatched the uh all the different kill scenes okay ghostly puppers you you love this movie don't you yeah yeah zombie toots what about you do you love this movie i love it so much yeah what do you love about it like the onions it like it's so funny that the onions in the tub burns one of the oh the garlic, garlic you mean yeah, yeah. it does kind of look like onions yeah. doesn't yeah. it yeah yeah okay Okay, Zombie Toots, I'm coming right back to you. Okay, you just watched all the different kill scenes. What was one of your favorite kills in this movie? The police officer. The police officer. Ooh, Ooh. that is a uh, that's a dark horse that pick. That is. Okay. Yeah, so so the the police officers kind of checking things out around the boardwalk and they and and they they swoop down out of the sky, don't they? Yeah. They yeah, they took yeah. them right up into the air with them, didn't they? Yeah. Okay, Ghostly Puppers, I see you're patiently waiting your turn over there. What what was your favorite kill? I actually had two favorite Okay, kills. bonus kill. Uh, all right, mm-hmm. well, let's do it. So I liked the scene where that zombie toots was talking about. It was the one that the garlic looked like onions in the bathtub. Um, and what was that dog- vampire's name? Paul, I think it was. Paul, yeah. yeah. I think. Um, and the dog, like, they were trying to fight him and push him into the bath. And then the husky dog, I think it was, um, came in and pounced him into the bathtub. Okay. So, I I love both of those kills. Um, mommy slash demonette, uh, what do you think about their choices? Oh, excuse me, ghostly puppers. She's not finished, folks. The boss told me yeah. that she's not finished. Oops. I still have my other one. Okay, oh, that's right. Bonus. My bad. My bad. So I'm pretty sure it was one of the last scenes in the movie. It was the scene, I think, with the guy who wanted um, the person that turned into the vampire's mom. Um, But when the grandpa came in, I think, with this truck or something and rammed him into the chimney. It was hilarious. How about the horn on his car whenever yeah. he comes flying in? Or something like that. Yeah. They all hear it. It sounds like a damn ice cream truck it running does. through the living room. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, it might be. It might be. Ice cream mixed with blood. Ooh. Well, not the grandpa's. Grand- grandpa's been used to the vampires. Yeah. So we'll, get, we'll get into grandpa's history mm-hmm. in Santa Carla a little later. Zombie Toots, you got something to say. Um, Hit us with your knowledge. I need to tell you guys something. Okay, is it movie related or is it Zombie Toots related? Movie. Okay, okay. what's it all about, man? Give it to us. Um, when the truck came in, and I just want to do the um, noise. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Uh, Demonette, do you got any questions for these two before they depart? Ghosty Poppers, who's your favorite character? Favorite character. I don't really remember. I know the names are tough whenever there's a lot of characters. I, I don't remember them because, again, the last time I watched it maybe was like when I was five or six. Yeah, so do you like the any of the brothers? Do you like any of the vampires the or the girls? I don't like any of those vampires. I don't like the bad <laughs> vampires. The All those damn I like vampires. the grandpa. The, the grandpa? Comedy. I love the comedy. Yeah, he is a good guy. comedic a good break. I, yeah. I, I love this guy. Okay, Zombie okay. Toots. Zombie Toots, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite? Um, um, the bad vampire. David. Oh, you yeah. like David the with, lead the, with, vampire. The, with the blonde, platinum blonde, spiky mullet. What do you like about the, him? And Why do you like him? Kevin. He's trying to fight back from, with the good vampire. Yeah, with Michael. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And what happens to him in the end? How does he die? He gets stabbed in one of those. Um, one of the animal. Stands. Yeah, the antlers. Yeah, You're right. Very good. You got a good memory, man. I know good you job. just watched the kill count, basically, but yeah, that's good on you. I so you're the. I think Zombie Toots is the only one in this episode that picked one of the vampires as his favorite characters. Uh-huh. I like it. I, I like your unique perspective on this movie, yeah. Zombie Toots, <laughs> and also your kisses. Um, Ghostly Puppers. Any closing thoughts? Um, like I was talking about, I loved the character playing the grandpa. And I love all the other actors, but he was my favorite actor. So I hope you guys who were in the movie (laughs) get to hear this, but you guys did really good on the movie. (laughs) You know what? I don't know if they've heard from too many nine-year-olds that have watched this movie. Yeah. Definitely not. Probably at horror conventions. Yeah. But um, 
Zombie toots. What's the last question for zombie toots? And then we'll let you go on your merry way. What is different zombie toots about these vampires compared to other vampire movies? They can fly in the sky. They can fly in the sky. That is a good that difference. Is. Not just like the Batman. Just like Batman. It's kind of like Batman. <laughs> well, Batman. Came out not too long before Batman. Why he glides. Oh, but oh. The, he made a good point, yes. though. Not too many. You barely in Fright Night, you don't see Jerry fly except maybe towards the end shadow. of the movie. You see a shadow. You see shadows. You hear him flying. Yeah. Um, this one, especially towards the end, they show him flying a lot. Ghostly Puppers, what about your feelings about how these vampires are different other than the flying compared to other vampire movies? So I noticed the makeup was definitely different. In most movies, I don't see these vampires with mascara on. I think it was like a brown mascara, maybe? Definitely oh, a darker, darker one. Yeah, black, yeah. Dark probably. brown or black. It, it might They might have uh, combined the black and brown together. I've never seen that, though. I've never seen vampires with mascara, so... You you guys did a unique job on that. That that was very different. <laughs> what what about their clothes? Their clothes are so different, their aren't they? Their clothes are probably like they're probably like those bad boys in like school or something. <laughs> they are bad <laughs> yes, boys. They are. Yeah. La- hey, stay zombie, away from those bad zombie boys. Zombie Toots is raising his hand. What's up, Zombie Toots? One last thought. Bonus. Bonus. Bonus thought. Um, guys, I just said it was just a pleasure being with you guys Aww. thank you zombie I toots you guys have so much fun hearing this Aww, love y'all bye bye zombie toots bye, ghostly zombie puppers toots. sign off ghostly puppers bye y'all i hope you're having a good day peace out peace out uh those two okay now on to more adult business yes carrie where were you when you first watched the lost boys it would be from premium cable oh yeah right in our living room and this was a film that we watched as a family together there's lots of noise coming above the dfm vault i'm a little scared they're up there by themselves i mean at this point in time we probably had just moved into our new house and so everything was so quiet and i had lived down in the valley where their houses were really close together and in this to be new clear, house. not the California Valley. No, no, no. <laughs> this is a different kind of valley. Different this kind is of a, valley. You were still a town girl yeah, on a Saturday still night. Town Valley, yeah. Still town Valley. <laughs> um, so I was used to a lot of noise, and I actually had trouble sleeping in the quiet little countryside. I mean, we moved up there. It was first. It was a PO box. Oh yeah. I know. Without getting sidetracked, I know you've had plenty of stories about hearing noises outside your new bedroom after you moved and. To paraphrase Chris from Friday the 13th, part 3D, the quiet can fool you. Um, Any other thoughts about your initial watchings? I mean, I was probably about five or six. Yeah. So we're talking like 1988, 1989. And you said a P.O. box. Yes, a P.O. box back in the day. Usually people are like, yeah, I got to stop by the box at the post office. Not my actual address was the P.O. box. That's my experience of P.O. box. Anyways, guys uh me it was um a vhs uh recorded from premium cable so at some point one or both of my sisters had a sleepover um or the two of them were up late sneaking this watching this and probably actually by then they didn't have to sneak it my parents were pretty liberal with horror um but yeah the vhs copy on that same tape and it's actually it's either on the other side of the DFM vault here in our storage, or it's at grandma and grandpa's place. It still exists. The tape with the lost boys and the original nightmare on Elm street is on that tape. Oh my God. And the quad, the quality I recall being not so hot. Um, those, you that was that was a uh, those VHS types you, that was a uh... what what again <laughs> VHS tapes get the hell out of here so I no here's the great thing about my first experience uh, one of my first forays into horror my very first one was a Nightmare on Elm Street closely after that like the first seven or eight Friday the Thirteenth but the Lost Boys was one of those that I didn't have to hide the fact that I was watching it initially. It was like, oh, there's that vampire movie. And my parents actually didn't mind that we were watching this movie. Um, I recall. Um, so, yeah, they probably recorded it during a sleepover or something. I recall having this tape, this copy of this tape, um, 
and we would have a rainy vacation every now and then. And we had said this trip that we were going to take the VHS, the VCR. We didn't call them VHS players. They called VCRs for those of you that are younger than us. Um, (laughs) I was like, what's VCR? Uh, We took some of those tapes that we recorded off a premium cable. Um, Probably like a half a dozen Trying to remember what else we had. I think we had the first two Karate Kid movies and Teen Wolf and Once Bitten on tapes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, yeah. Summer of 89, I believe. Been at the beach for a few days, sun drenched. Um, and what's funny about this is that I have such a vivid memory of this. I do recall watching this on one of the nights that we were just going to stay in and Cause we would spend half the time going out to eat and the other half, just making something of the condo to save money. But, um, we made pasta, uh, and meatballs regularly at the beach. <laughs> so that garlic scene, I remember oh, yeah. just eating pasta and meatballs and that garlic scene went really well. Um, and just to be able to watch the lost boys on a beach vacation. Um, yeah, that's an amazing feeling. So we're going to dive right into talking about The Lost Boys movie poster and tagline and the one, the iconic red poster um, with all the characters in black and white. I love the clash between the black and white and the red. Yeah. Um, you guys, you guys know the tagline, sleep all day, party all night, never grow old, never die. It's fun to be a vampire. There's another one. There's an alternate tagline not too many people know about. Um, I've seen this floated on the back of descriptions of like VHS and alternate posters. Um, being wild is in their blood. And that, that makes sense. That's a good tagline. Yeah. But the first one's iconic. Um, Carrie, any thoughts about the poster? I, I mean, I think you said it all. And Those I, glasses Michael glasses. has on <laughs> sticks yeah. out. Is it wrong that I want them? Oh, he was just... I'll get into this later because he's... Yeah. But the look how individual each look is for each of these characters and is what helps make this movie indicative stand out. to when they were turned. Oh yeah. I didn't even think of that too. Yeah. Well, you think no, star, because they're kind of, yeah, star, her, but they, they all kind of look like, okay. And they Lottie. Laddie. Laddie. Sorry. <laughs> Laddie's getting loudy up in here and he's getting <laughs> rowdy. Um, but yeah, I mean, they definitely went for the metal rocker, you know, this is the MTV generation, remember. Guys, you know what's up with the Lost Boys. This thing's a classic. Physical media and streaming, really easy to get the Lost Boys. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Um, it's actually free right now to stream on Prime Video. The uh, DVD, this is a case of the DVD is starting to get a little... It's not rare, but... If you don't have the DVD, if you're somebody that's like us and you started your collection before the Blu-ray thing happened, say, wait a second, I've got this on Blu-ray, but I remember watching this on DVD somewhere. Um, It's more expensive than the Blu-ray. Blu-ray's 10 bucks. DVD's going on 18 bucks. It's all about the distribution. Yeah. Well, and the availability as well. And if you're somebody that's got to get that original VHS or, or a reprint, the VHS costs the same as the DVDs right now, around 18 bucks. So that's amazing that we can still get a VHS. <laughs> I'm sure it's some kind of special reissue. I didn't dive deep into that. But um, here's some interesting things I wanted to add to this week's physical media and streaming for Lost Boys. Um, I've got to mention a YouTube channel. They haven't made um, an episode in a while. There's some people over there at Audiobooks for the Damned that probably for the past, oh, I don't know, three to five years, they take horror novels and they will read it chapter by chapter and they do a really good job over there. Um, I'd love to talk to them. Should probably reach out to them at some point. But um, Audiobooks for the Damned, they've got a whole entire audiobook reading of The Lost Boys. Hey, you can download that to an MP3, put it on the thumbstick or whatever for your car, that would make for a great road trip actually to listen to that. We listened, they did uh, Friday the third. No, that was not audiobooks. So there was another guy who did Friday the 13th part two 
on audiobook and we've listened to that on car rides um they've done things they've done the halloween books on audiobook for the damn like one two and three wow they've done terminator novels Ooh. yeah they they're really good over there I, i'm hoping they get back to doing it um dark all day that is the name of a song by a synth rock pop group called gunship dark all day featuring none other than tina turner r.i.p tina turner her saxophonist tim capello joined gunship for an amazing mostly animated music video and they the whole entire song is about and especially the animated movie short of it is about a futuristic santa carla that's eventually fully taken over by the vampires blade the frog brothers come in to help be bodyguards for the band things don't go right all the ways around and yeah david is still alive he's the head mm. vampire in this animated short so yeah check that out anything by gunship is a lot of fun they've got uh, a lot of passion you could tell for horror movies music all that good stuff and hello carrie Hello, soundtrack alert. I know. For you The Lost Boys. What you can't the talk hell? about this movie without talking about a soundtrack. What does it matter with us? It took us until today to like, yeah, I guess we better talk about the soundtrack. Um, some of these songs do get lost in with some of the most iconic ones. Yeah, I would say about two thirds of this people know what these songs are, but we're going to go right down the list. We've got Power Play by Eddie and the Tide. We've got Lost in the Shadows, which is my favorite song from this one. And it's because, you know, I love Foreigner and I love the headman Lou Graham singing this. And this is the theme when they get on those dirt yeah. bikes and David challenges Michael. Um, I'm not even going to attempt to sing it because it's just so iconic. I, I love it so much that this is on our USB Halloween playlist on full rotation every year. Uh, Good Times by um, Jimmy Barnes in excess. Uh, everybody, that song is featured in My Favorite Kill. And if you know this Lost Boys like the back of your hand, you know which kill I'm talking about. We'll get into it a little bit later. Um, Don't Let the Sun Go Down. I think that's one of my favorites. That is a good one, Roger Daltrey. Um, hey, this is the ultimate Lost Boys theme. And you cannot talk about Lost Boys. People... Nowadays, it goes straight for that iconic Tim Capello, greasy sax man. Um, he's like, somebody said online when I was researching this, I was going through, I think it might have been the Joe Bob Facebook group or maybe it was Shudder. Anyways, there I, I would say at least once a month, I see somebody posting the sexy sax man uh, from the Lost Boys. And somebody just posted this week, uh, they're imagining Tim Capello as a child saying, I want to be a bodybuilder. And his parents are like, no, you're going to play the saxophone. He's just like, why not both? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I still believe is iconic, but cry little sister is the main theme. And I love the eeriness of that song. Cry little sister. I'm not even going to repeat the yeah. whole thing. Beauty Has Her Way by Mummy Calls. To the Shock of Miss Louise by Thomas Newman. People Are Strange by Echo and the Bunnymen. Oh, yeah. That one's a lot of fun. A lot of people yeah. are like, oh, you didn't get the doors. Why is this on here? But, um, and hey, again, more NXS laying down the law. Iconic soundtrack. If you just took Lost in the Shadows and Cry Little Sister you would say this is an amazing soundtrack. But there's like five oh, excellent yeah. songs on this soundtrack. We actually have the vinyl too. And actually we've got the original one from the 80s. That's like a that's one of my proud pieces of my soundtrack collection. But um Carrie, let's dive right in and talk about creators and casts. Directed by none other than Joel Schumacher, yeah. screenplay by Janice Fisher, Jeffrey Bohm, James Jeremias. Story by Jan uh, Janice Fisher, excuse me, James Jeremias, produced by Harvey Bernhard. Um, we've got for the cast, um, and I'll talk a little bit about Schumacher's career in a little bit here. But Jason Patrick as Michael, 
Corey Haim as Sam, Diane Weist as Lucy, Bernard Hughes as Grandpa, who it sounds like the zombie toots and ghostly puppers love Grandpa. We all do. Everybody loves Grandpa here. And I do love Edward Herman. Yes. Um, as Max, Kiefer Sutherland as David, Jamie Gertz. Jamie Gertz is like, people don't talk about her, but she was actually a huge part of the Brat Pack. And what's funny enough is everybody talks Molly Ringwald, but dude, my 80s consisted of more Jamie Gertz than it did Molly Ringwald, um, in my mind. Some more lesser-known 80s gems from Jamie Gertz. Yeah. Of course, the other Corey. Corey Feldman, he's still going around to the convention circuit, talking Lost Boys, talking Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Jameson Newlander, the other Frog brother, Alan Frog. Um, both Corey Feldman and Jameson Newlander, you guys, you can go on Cameo and actually get them to dress up as the Frog Ooh. Brothers in character and do a cameo message for you. It's pretty amazing. Um, <laughs> I didn't pay for it, but I went on there and watched the other two or three minute episodes that they feature. And I'm like, I'm good. I don't need to order one now. But Brooke McCarter, we're getting into the vampires now, guys. Paul, um, Billy Worth as Dwayne, Alex Winter as Marco, and you know him from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And Bogus Journey. And what's the one, Carrie, that you were so... Face the Music. Face the Music. You were so, so on. Still haven't watched that one. Um, We've got Chance Corbett as Laddie, or Laudie, or what were you calling him earlier, Carrie? Laudie. (laughs) Oh, Laudie. For Laudie. Alexander Chapman as Greg. Um, That's one of the kind of punk guys that uh, gets into it with... uh, David and the gang uh, and his woman, Shelly, you know, they're reading the comic books, making out in the back of the car. They're one of the first kills in this movie. And Carrie, I forgot about these next guys. They're important. Okay. Schumacher and company were ahead of their time. They had surf Nazis like in the background, guys that were like Nazi-esque, like white um, supremacist type dudes that had the look the okay i never picked up okay. on that google surf nazis it's a thing okay. it's a thing from 1987 santa carla um surf nazi one todd fetter surf nazi two christopher peters surf nazi three keith butterfield and the list goes on that round out the amazing schumacher lost boys now schumacher carry everybody thinks okay yeah uh, the Lost Boys. What's another famous one from the 80s featuring the Brack Pack? St. Elmo's Fire. He directed that one too. Yeah. Here's another one for you people out there that love Mr. T, DC Cab. Um, you can't gloss over Flatliners. Oh, Flatliners. I love that movie. Uh, he, they had such a good time featuring NXS on this soundtrack that Schumacher directed the videos for Devil Inside and Kick. Okay. Those are good movies. Those yeah. are good videos. Yeah, Dying Young is another movie that Schumacher did. Um, we've got The Client. We've He was the director for Batman Forever. Um, yeah. Dude, A Time to Kill. He directed the video for Seal Kiss from a Rose I from was Batman just going to say, that, that is an iconic video. Smashing Pumpkins, The End is the Beginning is the End. Uh, music video. He did the lesser-liked Batman and Robin, but he bounced back with Nick Cage in 8mm. Flawless. Um, moving right along, he did movies like Bad Company, Tiger Land. He did your 2004 Phantom of the Opera that you enjoy and I enjoy too. Blood Creek Director 12, Man in the Mirror, and Trespass is another one. So guys, we're, we're going to move along, Carrie, now. Okay, because it's important that we talk about this movie in terms of when it came out. And... The Lost Boys, people are like, yeah, it's a smash hit. Oh, it took a little bit of time. It wasn't a disappointment, okay? Um, it was not number one. People are like, oh, yeah, you know, Near Dark tried to come out and it got smashed by Lost Boys. That's true. But Lost Boys was number two. It didn't have this huge opening like, oh, yeah, it was this huge smash hit. Um, you know, it it had, I, th- I believe, about an $8.5 million budget. Um, opening weekend, it made 5.2 million. Yeah. Okay. Over time, it took time for it to gross. Oh, about four times, three to four times its budget. Okay. Um, the one complaint that critics had when this first came out, and this is the juxtaposition in near dark is that this movie chose, um, 
a lot of style and look over substance. But I'm going to have to disagree with the likes of Roger Ebert, who gave it two and a half out of four stars. He said the look of it was good. Yeah. Okay, I'm paraphrasing now, but he um, he gave it props for it being culturally... Uh, pop culturally representative of the time, but um, he found it to be more of a comedy than a horror, which, yes, I'm going to have to agree with him there, okay? But, uh, I mean, you say one of the best vampire films, give me top three vampire films of the past 40 years. Oh, it's A lot of people are going to say The Lost Boys. Yeah, there's vampire, classical vampire enthusiasts that are going to say, it's not Bram Stoker. It's not Interview with a Vampire. But in terms of horror movies, it, it might very well be there. The Lost Boys. It's in my top three of the past 40 years easily. Moving right along, Carrie, let's talk about some of that cast. What or who, should I say, is your favorite character? So while I really enjoyed Sam and I, I, I love the Lucy character, I love Diane Weiss. Um, I love her and her, her acting career. I really enjoyed Star, played by Jamie Gertz. Her performance, I mean, it, it, it's just a sad storyline. You know, she and Laddie, they, they represent all those decades of, like, lost children on the, the wanted posters. Um, parents would put on milk partons and stuff like that. Milk partons? Milk carton, sorry. Is that like Dolly Parton's cousin, Milk Parton? This is my cousin, Milk Parton. (laughs) You didn't realize we're going to bring up Dolly Parton this episode, did you? (laughs) See, this is all scripted. Carrie meant to say that. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. I'm feeling F-bomb coming. You know you want to say it. Come on. Oh, the silent. The silent fuck you with the middle finger. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I mean, basically... Star and Lottie didn't have a choice. I mean, you figure they are the lost children. Especially with friends like Milk Parton. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen. My favorite character, Michael. Always thought Michael was so cool. The way he fought off his urges throughout the entire movie. Always loved the relationship with Star. Okay, I've, I think I'm developing a crush on Jamie Gertz all over again in this episode. You, you would choose Michael. Yeah. I mean, he was thrusted into having to be the father figure because, you know, their dad left for Sam as bro. Um, but also, think about it. He's only 17 years old when he and Star lock eyes during the Capello concert. Ooh. Yeah, man. I thought he was so cool with the shades and his leather jacket in the middle of the day. Loved the tension from him and David from the moment David challenged him on the dirt bike. He challenged him with the the Chinese food, the worms in their lair, and then challenged him at the bonfire. There's the bonfire, people, uh, to feed. And he's basically like, you can't deny who you are. You must feed. Michael was such a torn character in this and had so much on his shoulders. I could really dive deep into Michael's character. And again, the cool factor he was like everything. Like whenever I watched eighties teen movies, he was like, he was relatable. He was cool without trying to be cool. Um, and just the, the back and forth between him and Corey Ham, they had such chemistry in this movie. Um, what, what are you going to cough all over me now? <coughs> <laughs> Damn. Sorry. Um, Oh, your skin's starting to look a little pale. Carrie, did you drink some kind of red substance from a golden, thing of wine what, what's in this glass don't drink that it's blood <laughs> thou shall not kill <laughs> her eyes are getting bigger there is blood in that wine ah. <laughs> <laughs> that was not scripted i'm not scared <laughs> god i'm glad it wasn't <laughs> i'm not so scared of you I'm scared of what happens when Milk Parton gets all over that wine. <laughs> don't snort. Vampires don't snort. They don't snort, Carrie. Okay, you're getting your vampire lore wrong here. 
It's not representative of what the the 1987 vampire is. They do snarl, though. They snort cocaine, perhaps, but they do not snort as wait, in just wait, wait. randomly. I haven't seen one that snorts cocaine. <laughs> it's the 80s and cocaine, all right? It's relevant. It's a relevant reference to things going on in 1987. <laughs> just cocaine vampire all right it's like he's like emaciated to cocaine he's emaciated because he's addicted to cocaine instead of going after the blood he's like he's looking around like what happened to me i can't even move to get blood now i'm so emaciated anyways moving on from the cocaine (laughs) carrie favorite death and effects do you want me to lead off since you're snorting and snarling over are you good i'm good okay paul's death um where's paul (laughs) (laughs) wrong paul (laughs) so i believe it was uh ghostly poppers um who might have said who killed paul (laughs) (laughs) Uh, when the frog brothers they're chased into the bathroom and they don't have they they have the holy water and the garlic in the bathtub the onions as they put it as the kids put it (laughs) they splash his face with water and he's like garlic don't work boys that's not how he said it. I know. That's how I'm saying it. I'm not going there. Okay. I'm like, I'd be like, hey, you know what, Paul? The way you said that, you're not that menacing. Garlic don't work, boys. Sorry. Oops. Sorry. No, you want me to say it? Garlic don't work, boys. Um. Garlic don't work, boys. Okay, better? that's convincing. Okay, I'm, I'm, see, I think you better stay away from that wine. It's starting to change you. <laughs> um, they think they're done for, and then the Alaskan Malamute Nanook jumps, kicks him into the tub. Nanook always had this sixth sense about vampires. She always protected Sam, even from Michael earlier in the film. The moment always stuck with me as a kid. You know, the dog saves the kids. Good little poochie. Wait a second. Are you... What did you say earlier? Did you reference... Did you... Wait. Damn, Carrie. You referenced the type of dog that Nanook was? I'm impressed. Oh, yeah. I love dogs. Okay. Shit. I didn't realize how much you love Lost Boys. So, uh, I'm going to go with Dwayne's death. You know, at the end of the movie, he lifts Sam up to the rafters. Okay, this is this is the brunette vampire dude right now that I'm talking about. Lifts Sam up to the vamp to the vampires. He lifts <laughs> he lifts him high to the rest of the vampires. Um, How high to the Can rafters? Fly. Get low, get low. <laughs> <laughs> no, to the rafters. Okay, to the walls. Don't don't you dare skeet me. Um, no, well maybe go ahead. No, Sam's <laughs> scam. <laughs> hey right here yeah i got you sam squirts him with the holy water you know with the squirt gun (laughs) sam misses jesus damn you carrie (laughs) sam misses him with the arrow i love the way that Dwayne says you miss sucker and of course sam comes back and says i don't miss twice uh he shoots him with the second aim and pales him um, with the NXS good time song blasting after wow, hitting him. you picked up on that. Yes. I didn't pick up on that. Well, I had to like, okay, what was that song? I remember it being rock and roll. I couldn't remember. I'm like, it's gotta be from the soundtrack. And sure enough, it is. NXS good times is blasting. And then Corey Hammond Sam says, death by stereo. <laughs> I love it. That's, that's like one of the best one liners from eighties movies ever. Um, Hey, you know what? You know what we should do, Carrie? We should do a top 10. <coughs> Speaking of quotes, you know what? Let's do this. Top 10 Lost Boys okay. movie quotes. Carrie, kick us off. If all the corpses buried around here were to stand up all at once, we'd have one hell of a population problem. And that was Grandpa saying that quote. Number nine. Drink this, Michael. Become one of us. And that was David. Number eight. Even though you're a vampire... You're still my brother. Sam said that, right? Yeah. Um, holy shit, Vampire Hotel. And that was the Frog Brothers. Yep. Great. The blood-sucking Brady Bunch. <laughs> um, number five. This is Sam, played by Corey Haim. You're a vampire, Michael. Michael. 
<laughs> Jesus, that's not that's not what Sam said. You're a vampire, Michael. Damn it, Carrie. My own brother, a goddamn shit sucking vampire. I remember as a kid when he said that. I loved. I went around running around. <laughs> me and my sister, the younger of my two sisters, go around and say, calling each other a shit sucking vampire. That's just something about saying shit sucking vampire. <laughs> um, what four. about number four, Carrie? What do we got there? What are you thinking? What's happening to me, Star? Oh yeah, that's a good moment. That is. Oh, that's. That's right before they embrace, uh-huh. if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, yeah. Here's, you know what? Number three, I'm going with the Frog Brothers again. I'm going with uh, Corey Haim. There's our number on the back. And pray you never need to call us. And Sam's like, okay. Yeah. What that's is going in the, on That's here? in the, when they're in the comic book. Yeah, and he's got the, they're trying to push the vampires everywhere comic. Yeah. Um, number two. Carrie, I just said it. Death by stereo. You miss sucker. Um, number one. One thing about living in Santa Carla, I never could stomach all the damn vampires. And I remember when yeah. I watched this movie for the first yeah. time, and he said that. I'm like, oh, oh my shit. god, he knew. He knew this entire, entire time. time, and he didn't hey, tell Gramps, them. Gramps, you could have saved him a lot of yeah. trouble. But you that could, was a great reveal. You could have end. informed them. When that happens, I'm like. God damn, do I want a sequel to this thing? I'm like, part two? Uh, they could have made it within like three or four years. Like, even oh, yeah. in the early 90s, it would have worked. Uh, Carrie, what about, what are you rating The Lost Boys? It's a four out of five for me. I mean, we watch it. This is one of probably the most rewatched movies that we have watched in our family. I, I mean, think about it. It's one of the movies that is pretty widely accepted among families that do like comedy, little horror mixed in, monster movies. You know, it is a more widely accepted movie when you think about it. Okay, so you're saying this is an excellent vampire movie from the 80s. Yeah. Okay. It's iconic. Exactly. And that's why I'm giving this a four and a half. Wow. Out of five. That's how much. I think this movie is not only a great 80s movie, a great vampire movie. You said it is an iconic horror film of the past 40 years. Culturally, pop culturally impactful, plants its flag right there in the 80s. This is the vampire movie of the 1980s. Um, And yeah, we love Near Dark, but in terms of popularity and widely accepted, this is, there's no denying this. the soundtrack, between the actors... (coughs) Between the one-liners, I, I mean, the the types of kills and the scenes on the beach, and then you have this underlying story about the head vampire, and it's also like a salute thing. Like, who is the main vampire, the head vampire? Look, Roger Ebert, sometimes style is just fucking cool. And fun. And fun, and it does rule. Okay, and it does have a lot of substance. So, however, we're at the rating, carry, but this isn't just any normal rating. We're kicking off the official Beach Party Bonfires and Blood Month rating system. Instead of instead of our flamethrowers, we've got wet, wild, and bloody towel whips. This brings us to our official DFM rating for the Lost Boys. 4.25 out of 5 wet, wild, and bloody towel whips. Oh, yeah. Um, one of our favorite vampire films, guys. Yeah. Uh, this might be top three, one of our highest rated movies so I, far this season, 20 I, episodes I mean, in. We, there's so many memories around this with the kids being so little. It was one of the movies that we allowed them to see. And there's very few scenes that we always had to cover their eyes for. So, <sighs> oh, wait, we, we've got the male wolf. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh, Jake's got a lot to say about this iconic Lost Boys. Jake, what's up? Case and Carrie. One thing about living in Santa Carla I never could stomach. All the damn vampires. Funny, I thought the very same thing about Cambria County. Good evening, my craggy creatures of the night. It's Jake. The Midnight Traveler here to tell you a little bit about a tale told by the seaside and the rampant bloodshed, latent homosexuality, and more than a bit of overacting here and there. (laughs) Yes, 
Tonight we dive deep into that 80s classic, The Lost Boys. Equally of its time and timeless, more than one or two people in the local goth club in your town are probably sporting some ink from this film in one way or another, and t-shirts and other memorabilia adorn countless Hot Topic stores to this very day, all due to the work of Schumacher, Sutherland, Gertz, Wiest, and both Corys, just to name a few. So enough teasing. There's a greased-up, jacked sax man ready to play. If you still believe that is. Now, one could make an argument that this might be the definitive 80s movie. Think about it. Came out in 87, which meant that the look of the entire decade was now well-established, and the neon glow reflecting off the chrome and feathered hair. Man, where's my IROC? But that aside, the story at the heart of this thing is solid. Now, a new family settles into a new town with new people. Thing is that some of them are vampires. But man, are they well-dressed. You got to admit, you wanted at least one of those jackets. I know I did. There is very much a look to this film that really makes it stand out from the rest of the pack. And in the era of slashers and dream warriors, a classic throwback to vampires was a bit unexpected by them. Fright Night was already two years old, and this was a high-profile throwback to classic horror, but with a day-glow twist. I guess I came across this when I was super young. Can't remember exactly when, but when it came on, I was surrounded by my older brother and his friends who told me that we were going to watch it and I better get ready. It was right before the final attack on the house and I was locked in. Years later, I sought it out and watched it in full and found out that the rest of it lived up to that killer ending. The film itself is more than solid. I know that the name Joel Schumacher is spat out with more spite than eloquently spoken, but I have a hard time faulting him for anything on this. Well, I'm not sure that the cover of People Are Strange was his call, and I do like Echo and the Buddyman, but still, The Doors. The shots from the flying vampire's view still look good to this day. And all the main characters look like gods and goddesses when he's behind the lens. Come on. You can't tell me that it wouldn't have been hard to choose between making out with Jamie Gertz or any of the vampires no matter which way you swung. Uggos don't exist in the world of Joel Schumacher. It's that simple. Then you have the two Corys, Feldman and Haim. Most of the film centers on the latter, while the former is more of a side character, but they still make a damn good team here. I will say one thing critical about Feldman. Don't misunderstand me here. I love his work, but I feel he was the only one trying to act like he was a stereotype in a vampire film, whereas the rest of the cast was actually trying to build and play characters. To me, he came off as stiff and was trying way too hard here. Would I want him out of the movie? Hell no. I just look at this as a misstep that may not have even been his fault. You should know that when it comes to movies, I'm the most lenient on the acting. Unless you're like a Tom Cruise-level caliber star, an actor's role can very easily be manipulated. An actor's performance is at the mercy of the director, the writer, the producer, and sometimes even the editor. Perhaps he fell victim to this. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt here for sure. I could easily go on further about the rest of the cast as it is truly the cream of the 80s crop. Hell, a pre-Bill and Ted Alex Winter shows up here. Blew my mind to see him as a bad guy when I was little. And then you have arguably the most iconic character of the film, the blonde-haired nightmare that is Kiefer Sutherland as David. 
That kid got his daddy's evil smile and expressive eyes, and it pays off in spades here. Trust me when I say this. The chances are good that those aforementioned goths in your local goth club have ink featuring his face in particular on some part of their body. Hell, (laughs) I know of at least one who does personally. Now, I don't want to give away the ending or delve too much into the plot. It's pretty basic stuff in a good way. But man, that last act has some serious twists and turns right up until the credits roll that you don't want to have spoiled. I think I'll wrap it up here, friends. I hear some motorbikes coming from across the park, and I think they mean a bloody business. But I'll be ready for them. There's enough garlic in my bangers and mash tonight to make me poisonous to a horde of vampires. Bring it, bloodsucker. See you next midnight, Jake. <sighs> Jake, couldn't have put it any better myself, man. Thanks for joining us. Um, guys, that wraps it up for our comfy horror movie review. This is I Love Beach Party Bonfires and Blood Month. We got to do this every year, Carrie. Um, we are at intermission. Uh, guys, friendly reminder about our Patreon ghoul tier. Um, we are firmly planted in July now. Next week, <laughs> we're talking episode 22, second part of Beach Party Bonfires and Blood Month. We're talking John Saxon should be Amityville police chief in the interesting, sometimes hard to see what's going on, quirky, cheesy. Thank you, Burt Young. You actually lifted this movie up a little oh, yeah. bit. That's right. Subterranean beach creatures in Blood Beach. <laughs> hey, not every movie is a four-star movie. Some of them are just there to entertain you and make you question the existence of them. So, If you can get through If them. you can get through them. The week after that, July 21st, we've got The Beach House, where there is a very peculiar fog rolling in. And that one we call White Lotus Reference. At least there's no poop in their suitcase. Episode 24. Oh, One, one of our oh, favorites. I think we might have Jake on for a little bit longer that episode. I think this is his favorite werewolf movie, if I'm remembering correctly. That's right. Adopt Us D. Wallace. And we're going to talk none other than The Howling. A great movie. Plenty of bonfires in that movie, too. Oh, yeah. Hubba hubba. Guys, love you. See you for segment two, where Carrie and I, we've got two vampire poems that we're going to be reading from the, what, 19th century, roughly? Roughly. Love you guys. See you for segment two. On August 10th, in a California drive-in, it all began. It will grip you like nothing you have ever witnessed before. It is absolute and total horror. <laughs> will you cut it out? Let me get Come on, Alan. Sweetheart. Come, just, on. Come, on. Come, on. Come 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 on. Psychotic killer is usually a man driven by lust, by passion, and by hate. The time between each killing gets short. Come on, come on, please. She's dead. Please get out! Please get out! Please get out! Get out! Get out! The psychotic killer still on the loose. The police chase every suspect in the city, but to no avail. I haven't picked up a knife since the carny clothes. You used to be a sword swallower. Do you still have any of those blades? Mr. Van Heusen let me use his private function. And you were seen parked next to the victim's car. You crawled out of your car to the victim's vehicle. I don't know anything about that.
fear that makes brave men run will freeze you in your seat, make your blood run cold, and finally make you scream in terror. Warning, drive-in massacre has been deemed too terrifying for the average viewer. The risk is entirely yours. Hey everybody, we are back. This is segment two, Horror Etc. This is our first Horror Etc. for Beach Party Bonfires and Blood Month. We just got done talking about 1987 Lost Boys. Whew, great vampire film. Uh, great piece of pop culture history. Now, we're going to go a little backwards in time. We're going to fold time, Carrie. <laughs> just last <laughs> last week in Horror yeah. Etc., we were talking, or Carrie was talking, and reading some of the By the Light of the Moon by Dean Koontz. Now, I'm going to kick us off. It's usually the you kicks off Horror Etc., Carrie, but yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive right in here and lead the way with our uh, vampire poetry. Okay? Now, if I cough on everybody, I apologize in advance. We've got, first up, out of our two vampire poems, we've got The Haunted Beach by Mary Darby Robinson. And this is actually, this is from the 18th century, so we're in the 1700s now. All right. Take a little sip of my Dr. Pepper generic version. Let's go. The Haunted Beach. Upon a lonely desert beach, where the white foam was scattered, a little shed upreared its head. The lofty barks were shattered, the seaweeds gathering near the door, a somber path displayed, and all around the deafening roar re-echoed on the chalky shore by the green billows made. Above a jutting cliff was seen where seabirds hovered craving, and all around the crags were bound with weeds forever waving. And here and there, a cavern wide, its shadowy jaws displayed. And near the sands, at ebb of tide, a shivered mass was seen to ride where the green bellows strayed. See, Carrie? Vampires, beaches. I'm on point this week. And often, this is kind of like reminding me of Byzantium, by the way. Yeah, I was just going to say that. No, you weren't. Was. <laughs> and often, while the moaning wind still o'er the summer ocean, the moonlight scene was all serene, the water scarce in motion. Then, while the smoothly slanting sand, the tall cliff wrapped in shade, the mish, the Michelin man, the fisherman, beheld a band, of specters gliding hand in hand, where the green billows played, and pale their faces were as snow. Pardon me, and suddenly they wondered. Into the skies with hollow eyes they looked as though they pondered, and sometimes from their hammock shroud they dismal howlings made. And while the blast blew strong and loud, the clear moon marked the ghastly crowd where the green billows played. And then above the haunted hut, the curlew's screaming hovered, and the low door with furious roar the frothy breakers covered for in the fisherman's lone shed a murdered man was laid with ten wide gashes in his head and deep was made his sandy bed where the green billows played a shipwrecked mariner was he doomed from his home to sever who swore to be through wind and sea firm and undaunted ever and when the waves resistless rolled about his arm he made a packet rich of Spanish gold and like a British sailor bold plunged where the billows played. The specter band, his messmates brave, sunk in the yawning ocean, while to the mast he lashed him fast and braved the storm's commotion. The winter moon upon the sand a silvery carpet made and marked the sailor reach the land and marked his murder wash his hand where the green billows played. And since that hour, the fisherman has toiled and toiled in vain, for all the night and the moony light gleams on the spectered main. And when the skies were veiled in gloom, the murderer's liquid way, who I love that, bounds are the deeply yawning tomb and flashing fires the sands loom where the green billows play. Full 30 years, his task has been day after day more weary 
for heaven designed his guilty mind should dwell on prospects dreary. Bound by a strong and mystic chain, he has not power to stray, but destined misery to sustain. He wastes in solitude and pain a loathsome life away. Mm. Ooh, that, that was eerie. Okay, and again, guys, <coughs> that was The Haunted <clears throat> Beach by Mary Darby Robinson. <coughs> okay. Okay. So um, the next one is Christabel by Samuel Taylor Col- Coleridge. Yeah, and this one's a little bit of a longer one. Yeah. So we're uh, only going to do part one, I yeah. believe. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Tis the middle of the night by the castle clock, and the owls have awakened the crowing cock. To weep, to and hark again. The crowing cock, how drowsily it, how drowsily it, how drowsily it crew, Sir Leonine, the barren rich, hath a toothless mastiff bitch. I knew you'd have fun reading that. Mm-hmm. It's like hearing you're in like elementary school. There's swear words in this. <laughs> yeah, but we all know what that is. The female dog. From her kennel beneath the rock. She maketh answer to the clock. Four for the quarters and twelve for the hour. Ever and I by shine and shower. Sixteen short house, not over loud. Some say she sees my lady's shroud. Is the night chilly and dark? The night is chilly, but not dark. The thin gray cloud is spread on high. It covers not high hides the sky. The moon is behind and at the full, and yet she looks both small and dull. The night is chill, the cloud is gray. Tis a month before the month of May, and the spring comes slowly up this way. The lovely lady, Christabel, whom her father loves so well, what makes her in the woods so late, a furlong from the castle gate? She had dreams all yesternight of her own betrothed night. And she in the midnight wood will pray for the will of her lover that's far away. She stole along, she nothing spoke. The sigh she heaved for soft and low, and naught was green upon the oak, but moss and rarest mistletoe. She kneels beneath the huge oak tree, and in silence prayeth she. The lady sprang up suddenly, the lovely lady Christabel. It moaned as near as near can be, but what it is she cannot tell. On the other side it seems to be of the huge, broad-bested old oak tree. The night is chill, the forest bare. Is it the wind? What moaneth bleak? There is not wind enough in the air to move away from the ringlet curl from the lovely lady's cheek. There is not wind enough to twirl. The one red leaf, the last of its clan, that dances as often as dance it can, hanging so light and hanging so high on the topmost twig that looks up to the sky. Hush, beating heart of Christabel, Jesus Maria shield her well. She folded her arms beneath the, her cloak and stole to the other side of the oak. What sees she there? There she sees a damsel bright, dressed in silken robe of white, that shadowy in the moonlight shone, the neck that made that white robe on. Her stately neck and arms were bare, her blue-veined feet unsandaled were, and wildly glittered here and there, the gems entangled in her hair. I guess twas frightful there to see a lady so richly clad as she, beautiful exceedingly. Mary Mother, save me now, said Christabel, and who art thou? The Lady Strange made answer meet, and her voice was faint and sweet. Have pity on my sore distress. I scarce can speak for weariness. 
stretch forth thy hand and have no fear said christabel how camest thou here and the lady whose voice was faint and sweet did thus pursue her answer meet my sire is of noble line and my name is geraldine five warriors seized me yestermorn me even me a maid forlorn they choked my cries with force and fright and tied me on palfrey white the palfrey was as fleet as wind and they rode furiously behind they spurned amain their steeds were white and once recrossed in the shade of night as sure as heaven shall rescue me i have no thought what men they be nor do i know how long it is for i've lain entrance as i was since one the tallest of the five took me from the palfrey's back a weary woman scarce alive some muttered words his comrade spoke he placed me underneath his oak this oak he swore they would return with haste whither they went i cannot tell i thought i heard some minutes past sounds as of the castle bell stretch forth thy hand thus ended she and help a wretched maid to flee is that you're stopping right there for today no oh you got more for us yeah. okay okay then christabel stretched forth her hand and comforted fair geraldine oh well bright dame may you command the service of sir leon and gladly our stout chivalry will he send forth and friends withal to guide and guard you safe and free home to your noble father's hall she rose and forth with steps they passed that strove to be and were not fast her gracious stars the lady blessed and thus spake on sweet christabel all our household are at rest the hall is silent as the cell sir leon is weak in health and may not well awaken be but we will move as in stealth and i beseech your courtesy this night to share your couch with me they crossed the moat and christabel took the key that fitted well a little door she opened straight all in the middle of the gate the gate that was ironed within and without where an army in battle array had marched out the lady sank belike through pain and christabel with might and main lifted her up a weary weight over the threshold of the gate then the lady rose again and moved as if she were not in pain so free from danger free from fear they crossed the court right glad they were and christabel devoutly cried to the lady by her side whoa there she blows carrie drop what you're doing hop on board this crewless freighter that picked me up we got to get out of here there's some subterranean beach creature or some shit after us i stopped reading classical vampire literature for this come on Listen, no time for arguing. There's plenty of Rupert Holmes, Robbie Dupree, and Michael McDonald to serenade us to safety. What is the Morris code for cringe? <sighs> All right, but no Yama be there. Deal. 